Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. We've got another phrase we're going to hit today, and uh, it's something that I think yeah, not a not insignificant number of people say, uh, sort of when you've got a situation and you need to kind of head it off before it gets out of hand. People sometimes say that you need to nip it in the butt, and that, of course, is not correct. It's nip it in the bud, but it's one of these cases where we have a phrase or a word that still kind of makes sense, even though it's not what the original phrase was? Exactly. They're called, there's a technical term for it, and it's called an eggcorn, as in, it actually started because um, a guy from a linguistics blog, language log, um, someone wrote eggcorn instead of acorn, as in like what what the oak tree grows from. And it's it's what you said. It's when something sounds... um, plausible or logical, but it's wrong. Right. I'm not exactly sure what nipping something in the butt would be, but it's it's still, it, even though it, it's kind of nonsensical, it, it still feels kind of right. Exactly. And people actually put together in their heads detailed meanings why it actually does make sense. And we found one on nip it in the butt is like a kid said his mom used to tell him that if he doesn't watch out, something's going to come and nip you. And in effect, it's like a little dog chasing you. You've got to keep ahead of the pack or something. And that becomes like a folk etymology and it becomes something that sounds reasonable. But we all do them all the time. I was guilty of one just recently. I was horrified. Um, do you guys know the another think coming? I always said another thing coming. Me too. That's that's one that I only recently learned. And I saw it in an article. Someone was saying it's technically thing. And somebody said my mind was blown. And I was like, mine too. Because, you know? yeah, it, another thing sounds righter than another think. And and and, and does make perfect sense. Uh, I've, another thing coming would, would be perfectly reasonable. But but you're saying it, it actually is another think coming. Precisely. And that comes apparently from the American. I mean, the earliest usage was sometimes somewhere in the 1860s, I believe, the mid-1800s. But it was another think for years. I looked at the Google engram of that, which shows usages and stuff. And it was very commonly used throughout the 18 and the 1900s. And then starting usually about the 1980s, another thing began to replace think. And I'm one of the guilty ones on that. Well, certainly, I think plenty of people listening to us right now would uh, very happily correct people who said another think coming uh, and and say, no, 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 of course it's another thing coming. Yeah, another thing sounds sounds more correct to me. I mean, I, I think because you don't think of saying think in that in that way, you know what I mean? Think as a, as a noun in that sense. But it makes I, both of them make sense. And that goes back to what we're saying with eggcorns. Is, is the the reason they're so dangerous and so prevalent is that they do somehow make sense. I mean, sometimes they're ridiculous. I mean, granted, or they sound silly, but they're logical somehow, even when they're very, very wrong. Like Alzheimer's, I've never heard this, but people say, a lot of people call it, instead of Alzheimer's, called old-timers disease. Mm-hmm. I have heard which that. Which makes sense. It's very, it's very plausible again. And then sometimes, actually, the most interesting one I found was a scapegoat. 
Sometimes people say, as an acorn, a scapegoat, which I thought was really interesting because in this case, the acorn is actually more correct. Scapegoat actually originally was a scapegoat. Scape is just another form in early English for escape. So an escape goat is the same thing as a scapegoat. Wow. However, there's another acorn that's coming up on the scapegoat one, which is scrapegoat. Scrapegoat? <laughs> and I read on, I forget where on Reddit, I think, somewhere, someone justifying the use of that word. Why is it called scrapegoat? Well, it's because people scrape themselves against you and you're not like uh, a very good person or something. It was a weird sort of uh, justification. I've never heard of that one. That's fascinating to me. Now I'm going to keep my ears pierced. 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 Ears peeled. <laughs> Did you keep your ears peeled? Did you? Wait a second now. <laughs> but uh, we go back to, I mean, sometimes though they're like bated breath. I mean, some of sometimes an egg corn is, is, is sort of more boring, if you will. You know what I mean? It's like the word is, is pronounced exactly the same and it's spelled differently. Bated breath, B-A-T-E-D is the correct but people often write it B-A-I-T-E-D as if they were fishing. Um, anchors away is the other one that comes to mind. It's, it's People think it's anchors away as in going away, but it's away as in wait, which is commonly mistaken. But those are ones where you, you can understand really easily the thing. They're not, they don't have that creative touch <laughs> that a scapegoat has. Well, they're, they're also words that we don't really use. Baited, B-A-T-E-D. I, I, I've never heard outside of baited breath. And, and away, A-W-E-I-G-H. Uh, I've also never heard outside of anchors away. So it, it, it's not surprising at all that those would change. No, it's fossilized English. And a lot of times we don't use words anymore. Earlier we had talked about, um, I think in a previous podcast, champing at the bit, which is when a uh, animal sort of grinds its uh, chews and he's chewing at the bit. And we now say chomping at the bit. And it, I was actually sort of curious after that podcast, I looked up champing on Google and put subtracting bit without bit. How many times are you going to find champing as a verb? And I think in about uh, literally 40 or 50 pages, I think it was like 30 or 40,000 searches, I found champing used in the sense of chewing at the bit or chewing without a bit only twice, once on a horse blog and once in a dog blog. Every other time, champing was actually becoming a new word, which is in England, apparently, which means church camping, and it's now champing. If you've heard of glamping, which is glamour camping, there's now another word champing for church camping, where people go to churches and camp out. <laughs> that's, that's, so, that's amazing. It's, here we, welcome to a new word. So yeah, if you're going to have a horse champing now, you're going to probably in England picture a horse camping out at the uh, local priory. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I like glamping too. I, I love those, uh, those horrible new constructions. They fascinate me. But baited is the same way. I was just looking it up and baited actually came from abate. Um, and it hasn't been used really much since the 1800s, as you were saying, Fletcher. It's 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 pretty much only uh, bated breath now, is it, indeed. But now bated with an I, bated breath that way, has been in an upswing. So I'm curious to see if over time, because we know the word bait, the I bait as opposed to the A bait, if we're going to see um, that pretty, start taking over. Right now, it's still bated breath is, is more common with an A. Can I throw something out here? That just really interests me when you just said, basically, we have a fossilized word which disappears and we don't really understand what that word is. And I was just thinking of something and I just looked it up. 
amidst, we never really say amidst anymore, except in like as an amidst the chaos. And then I just looked it up and I found a whole bunch of um, acorns saying amidst the chaos, A-M-I-S-S. And amidst, we just would never use. And amidst, I guess, maybe sounds a little more familiar. So we have amidst the confusion, amidst the chaos, when it should be amidst. That is a good point that we might start using words that just sound a little more familiar, even if they're slightly nonsensical in in the context. Well, I think it's just the human, yeah, because I think that you want to understand it. I mean, wet your appetite comes to mind. Um, As you know, it's wet, as in sharpen your appetite. And you so often now see wet your appetite. And I think you get that from wet your whistle or something, people automatically. And that's another one that's on the upswing. The the incorrect one is is still not as widespread as the correct one, but it's on, it's definitely on an up, uphill trend. And I, that's another one I wonder if you're going to see. And what was that one, Ross, you would always talked about? Um, tough Road to Hoe. That's a really interesting one. We don't, I mean, it, it was originally, t- actually, it really was Hard Row to Hoe. But, you know, we hoe where you used to hoe like rows of uh, corn or cotton or whatever. Sure. But we, we don't row, you know, we don't hoe um, corn anymore. So it became a road, tough road to hoe. And we found that everywhere. And it was interesting. We even found it in an agricultural magazine saying an ag job is a tough road to hoe in the future, which really struck us as very odd. But again, you see the an old usage turning into a new usage because of uh, we're more familiar now with rows rather than rows of corn. It's not it's illogical. You're never going to hoe a road, right? Exactly. It makes that one makes absolutely no sense. But when you say the, when you say the phrase, it sound it sounds like there could easily be a D in there. Road road to hoe. I mean that 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 O T kind of might stick a little D in there, and so I, I can understand where people might have come up with that mistake but but boy that one really doesn't make any sense no the other one that gets me is toe the line um it's it's tech it's supposed to be t-o-e the line but people always make it t-o-w the line because again i think it's like you picture people pulling the line i guess like tug of you know tug of war but it's it's toe t-o-e but that's the one that's used more. Interestingly enough, again, here we go. The T-O-W is still used less than the correct T-O-E, but it's on an upswing. And I bet that's another one that you're going to probably see, I would be willing to bet in a few years, the, the flip to the wrong being more common as in bated breath, as in tough road to hoe, being used more often than the not so famous. Oh, not correct. On that one, I wonder about coleslaw, because coleslaw I see a lot of places as well. And that sort of makes sense because it's usually a chilled coleslaw. So I guess you think, well, coleslaw, coleslaw. But the only problem with that one is the D is sort of hard to pronounce. So I think it'll probably stay as coleslaw instead of coleslaw, although I've seen both quite frequently. My question, as is often my question, is when do we go ahead and start? and flip over and decide that we've hit that turning point uh, for ourselves, for, for, for people who know what it originally was. I, we ta- we've talked about um, spitting image versus spit and image. And now if, if you or I were to write in a paper 
that phrase, I'm willing to bet we would write spitting image uh, because that mm-hmm. is certainly what everyone understands it to be now. But a lot of these others, I think we would write uh, the way bated breath, for example, B-A-T-E-D, we would we would write it that way. Uh, at, at what point do we go, well, do we decide we've we've hit that tipping point and 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 the phrase has, has changed and passed us by? That's a good question. I mean, I think we've said this, this before. It's like there's really no way to tell. I think it's when it starts becoming the flip, like I was saying, when you start seeing the, the incorrect more often than the correct, and when it starts being accepted more in like um, so-called, you know, reputable places like newspapers or whatever, which, I mean, let's get be honest here, they make mistakes a lot. But I would say it's going to take a while, though, still. Because, I mean, the problem is, is baited A-T-E-D is, has a different meaning than baited A-I-T-E-D. Completely different. Right, of course. Well, slightly off the topic, it's interesting what Kathy just said, because I agree with her. It takes time. It's a little bit off, but ice cream used to be iced cream, and it was cream that uh-huh. was iced. Oh, that's right. And it now has become ice cream, which in a way is not, I mean, which is not the original usage, but I would never write iced cream. Although I would, and then iced tea the same way. It should but be iced, iced tea. tea. Iced tea is is definitely in that in that uh, shifting area right now because you do see both. Uh, you never see iced cream, but you do see iced tea and iced tea. But I'm not going to cringe if I write if someone writes iced tea. I'm not going to sort of grimace or anything. I think I would accept it perfectly calmly, and I might write it myself in that sense. But it should be. You're right. It should be iced tea and iced cream ice cream forget it i'm never gonna write iced cream i think i think i would cringe if i saw somebody write it as iced cream just because i would think they were a real snob i agree with you <laughs> yeah i think so too someone that you don't really want to chat with yeah i agree <laughs> but we go back to like yeah when when the tip with ross with the iced cream i'm curious when did it do you know when it changed Am I putting you on the spot? (laughs) I think I might be. (laughs) Uh, You are putting me on the spot. I think it was changed around. Let me see here. I had a note on it a long time ago. But in the meantime, I'm going to go to another one that uh, I always note is just deserts. People people think it's just you know it's just desserts pronounced, but it's spelled deserts. But people I see more often I think desserts spelled D E S S E R T S. Which which doesn't make sense at all. Like, why are you getting dessert? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, especially since it's kind of a negative thing when you get your just desserts. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, You're getting your iced cream. And we all love dessert. <laughs> but, of course, that one uh, comes from, from French, dessert, the dessert. It's what you deserve, right? Correct. Very good. Very good. Most people don't know that. Most people, when they hear it, at least, picture dessert and picture like a piece of pie. And for some reason, it's bad pie that you're getting because you've been bad, you know, which I don't quite understand. No, there is no bad pie. No, thank you. I totally agree. Pie, good. But it's fascinating just how often you start seeing some of the ones we, Ross and I were collecting them. And some of the ones you see are just hysterical, like um, take it for granted. I see so often online now as opposed to take it for granted. Oh, goodness. My favorite is prima donna. Instead of prima donna, P-R-I, it's uh, Donna as in like the opera singer. It's prima donna, the pop singer, which I just (laughs) love. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. I also loved, I saw what, Twitter is great for these just because people can't, I mean, I don't know how many, you guys must have seen millions of times the thing where people mistake cologne 
and they spell it colon, C-O-L-O-N, which comes <laughs> up very fascinating things. But one I had never seen before, and I hope to never see it again, was someone was talking about having pustules on their face, and they said, I don't like having big pustules on my face. Oh, <laughs> but that is evocative. It's so evocative. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that really gives you an image. <laughs> right. But it is funny, though, because going back to more serious thing, there are ones that are really interesting and slightly dangerous to write. One thing I found a lot of was dissenting, as in Justice Ginsburg had the just dissenting vote. People are now switching it to descending, which makes a sort of sense. It's a vote that like below the other votes or something. But I found this in bylaws and newspapers all over. Waterman was the lone descending vote. The uh, Jackson was named city attorney in Jackson, Mississippi. He cast the only descending vote. It's all over the place now. Idaho Cat Academy of Family Physicians. The appropriation received only one descending vote from Representative Jason Monks. And that one gets me. And but that, that, see, but that to me sounds so wrong. I don't understand how you would think descending is correct. But I see it. A Bob Corper, Corker, R. Tennessee, the only Republican descending vote. I mean, they're all over the place. It sounds like you're seeing this in publications. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it written. I mean, I can see where it would be, you would say descending, dissenting, it's, it could kind of, mer the T could merge into a D, but these are in, in newspapers across the country. Hmm. Nope, I'm not okay with that one yet. No, that I'm not no, at all. I, don't, I think that, it's a different meaning and it's a different word. I mean, and that's where I think they can get a little bit dangerous because the meaning changes and then you have to watch out. The meaning shouldn't really change. Precisely. I think for an egg corn to be like acceptable or at least to like, you know, not, not harmful, it, it, if the meaning's exactly the same, you're absolutely right. The one that gets me is Trooper Trooper. I see that all the time. People don't realize it's O-U-P-E-R. Right. You know, that, that one's, she's a real trooper. That one's definitely changed enough that that I, I wouldn't think twice when I saw Trooper T-R-O-O-P-E. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, some something like bated breath, as we as we I guess have been have mentioned a lot. Uh, something like bated breath. If I see it spelled B A I T E D, I'm just gonna think, oh, they just spelled it wrong. You know, they just uh, didn't understand that it was a different word. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't change anything. It, it just makes me stop for a second and and notice. But but um, certainly the descending dissenting would would confuse me. And there are plenty of others that that are, could just be confusing when you see them. That's an interesting point. You're right because there are some where the meaning is either retained or because there's not really a meaning except for in the fr the phrase itself. Like frankly, for that matter, like nip it in the butt, or or butt naked. People say now instead of buck naked. You're right. It doesn't change anything, but descending certainly does to me, and that just shocks me that like newspapers wouldn't catch that. Because what do they think they're saying? How does a vote descend? I know. I think it has a slight feeling, though, of you kind of go. It's a lesser vote or something, so it's going down where the other ones are going up and winning. I don't know. No, but I, I mean, it doesn't. It's not a good thing to do. I think that's a mistake, and I think it should. Be and changed. I would say, how in the world did the editor not catch that? But uh, as we know, uh, newspapers have been firing their editors all over the place, so we don't really have them anymore. No, you really see, and you, boy, do you see the difference. It's amazing. No, theoretically, I, I think we both, Kathy and I both have problems with copy editors when they're copyrighting our stuff. But after the fact, we love them. I think they're really important in the world. 
And I think we need more copy editors rather than fewer copy editors. And I do think part of the problem, though, is I think nowadays the Internet, I think, has uh, affected language for the worse, actually. And we go back to take it for granted or cologne spelled colon and so on and so forth. I think because you have so many people writing very quickly, you get more and more errors and they become more and more just sort of like, yeah, fine, whatever, you know which is uh, uh, unfortunate to some degree. No, they also they also attain they're, because they're in effect printed now, they get a little bit of a, of a of an authority to it too. I've seen one one that really gets me is pass mustard. I've seen that frequently now. <laughs> yes. He doesn't pass mustard. Not referring to pass the ketchup and pass the mustard, but Yeah, pass the condiment. Yeah, but pass mustard and uh, uh, Past muster is becoming increasingly common. And I think people see it. So they but leave. that's another one that where it kind of makes sense because you say like someone doesn't have the mustard or you got a lot of mustard on that wall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of get that one, I think, at least. Whereas take it for granted, I don't get it. I mean, like, uh, that just doesn't no, no bad. You know yeah, again, mean? sometimes it's just the feel of it because in a literal sense, past mustard doesn't doesn't mean the same thing as pass muster but but there is a feel that that it kind of works whereas as you said take it for granted that feel is not there the other one i actually wanted to bring up i was just curious if uh, this isn't exactly an egg corn but um, um the phrase i could care less versus i couldn't care less what do you guys think of that do you mind the do you think some people say oh i could care less is just like i could care less but other people say, no, it's definitely, I couldn't care less. I don't mind it either way. I, I really don't. It, it doesn't bother me. I know, Kathy, like you, you've made that point because people scream about that. But what about you, Fletcher? Does it bother you or not? Well, not as much as it used to. I still get a tiny little buzz when someone says I could care less, but that's only because I know that's not what they mean. But it, it used to bother me a lot. I, I've gotten over that for the most part. What about curve your enthusiasm, guys? Have you heard that one? No. Are you kidding? No, I've seen that it's not a, a whole curve bunch of ball, but really curve your enthusiasm. But it does sort of have a I mean it has a slightly curbing or curving, I guess sort of kind of deflect your enthusiasm. It might make sense to some degree. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know about that one. I don't like it. I, I tend to I mean, actually I was thinking about Fletcher when you would ask the question, you know, what when do they become acceptable? I think maybe I'm more of a I'm okay with people saying it, but I never would say any of these that we've talked about. Right. I, I think I would keep them to the, I would say champing, curbing. Although when you say champing at the bit, a lot of people look at you uh, askance. I mean, we've we've talked about that before. I'm just looking, sorry, like t people say now, like instead of, I mean, I said butt naked, cold, slow, on tender hooks instead of on tender hooks. But that's another, that even though a tender hook doesn't make sense, we don't know really anymore what a tender hook is. So I think that is one that I would just give it a pass. I, I just wouldn't say them. One that I've never seen, I mean, I, personally, but I've seen it on lists of common uh, egg corns, is instead of circumcised, this one flays me, circus size. <laughs> I'm sorry, that one just absolutely fascinates me. And I want to see it in a sentence now. I do. I want to run across it in real life. I'm just trying not to conjure up any images right now in my head. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll be quiet now.
This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's newest book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more, and they're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and one more thing, or two. If you're a newer listener, you may or may not know we hit eggcorns at least once before, back in episode 12, which was about the term spitting image. So for more fun, go back and check that one out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get back there again someday, because it's such fertile ground. I mean, we haven't even talked about mondegreens yet. But of course, I wanted to jump back and look at that very last phrase Kathy mentioned. Yes, circus-sized. I was and still am a bit skeptical about this one. Like Kathy, I also can't really seem to find it being used in any sort of everyday way. It only seems to pop up on a list of confused medical phrases that may or may not even be real, and maybe also as the name of a music album or something. But I did also find it on a list from the UK of the 30 most misused phrases in the English language, which is maybe where Kathy first saw it. So it seems like someone somewhere really is using it. Anyway, you probably knew this is where I was headed, but I just wanted to run down a couple of my other favorites from that list, which I've also never heard, and most of which do still illustrate this idea that these eggcorns may be totally wrong, but could in a parallel timeline be plausibly correct. I mentioned being curled up in the feeble position rather than the fetal position, which is still a reasonably accurate description of what's happening when you're doing that. And they talk about performing the Heimlich remover when someone's choking, and really all I have to say about that is poor Dr. Heimlich has now somehow become a bit of food stuck in someone's throat. Interestingly, we talked about how people misspell and probably misunderstand just desserts, but this list takes it even further and says that people often call it your just deserves, which strangely is actually closer to what it really means than when you're talking about iced cream or pie. Another refers to someone being a social leopard rather than a leper, which feels to me like the opposite of what it means. This one feels like someone's on the prowl. Rawr. And then there are some that are just totally out of left field, like when someone is lactose and tolerant, as in they have no toast and they're tolerant. I don't even know. <laughs>